Alright folks, this is episode 2 of Basement Banner. I've got uh, Big JT here with me. If you guys don't know who that is, that's Jimmy Tyndall. Jimmy runs one of the local barbecue shops here in town, located at Five Points. Uh, Jimmy, I've known Jimmy for probably a good 15 to 20 years. Um, heck of a cook. Was an awesome uh, professional wrestler at one point. And... Uh, I'm going to let him tell you uh, his story and how he got involved. Uh, Jimmy, you want to start off? You want to tell us uh, the uh, address of your restaurant? So, yeah, we are at 300 Hope Avenue over there in East Columbus uh, by the Tech Center and by the Boys and Girls Club. Five points to you people here in Columbus. Um, so, your restaurant, it's all um, barbecue-based, right? Yeah, we don't do any, we don't have any fryers, we don't do burgers, we don't do tenderloins, strictly barbecue, you know, trying to stay traditional to the, to the way of barbecue. And, uh, each day you guys have a, like a particular item or anything like that, like, uh, I know like, I seen one day you guys had sausage. So yeah, we do, we do a daily special that rotates, um, with with each day so mondays we do burn ins tuesdays smoked chicken wings wednesdays are jalapeno cheddar beef sausages uh thursday we just added in half chickens um because we moved turkey to the full-time menu and then fridays we do uh ribs cool um now everything sauce wise and and uh, rubs and etc that's all you right right those are those are all my recipes we've used when we were competing, uh, stuff I've come up with, you know, lately, I just brought you the, the first couple go rounds of a new, two new sauces as a new in a new rubs for you to try. So, definitely appreciate that. It'll be delicious on some ribs. Um, so when you got into barbecue, I know you started uh, with barbecue after wrestling. Um, how did you get into it? So actually, I uh, started in two thousand nine. Um, as you remember, my dad passed away pretty mm-hmm. unexpectedly, um, and barbecue food, barbecue everything, and that was kind of his passion. You know, mm-hmm. he loved to cook. He, you know, loved to do anything with that. You mm-hmm. know, um, and when I was looking for a way to kind of deal with his passing mm-hmm. um, and kind of carry on a legacy for him. Uh, he was also a football coach. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't have the time or patience to do that at that point. Right. Uh, so I was like, you know what? He loved barbecue. I'm going to just try and dive into that and see what mm-hmm. I can do. Um, started with it in, you know, summer of 2009. Um, and then just made a whole lot of bad barbecue that summer. <laughs> and uh, found out that there's competition barbecue. And, you know, there's not a whole lot for a fat you know middle-aged guy other than bowling and softball (laughs) so we jumped into competition barbecue and uh just we got a first place at our very first contest and nice you know the hook was kind of set we won the brisket category Mm -hmm. at madison that year um we did another contest a couple months later um didn't do that well at that one but it was you know kind of 40 degrees and raining the whole time right. and we just didn't have the equipment to 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 do that um we just kind of ran with it so since 2009 i've just been 
you know. And when you started out, I mean, do you use, is it a pellet smoker or? So when I first started, we used what's called ugly drum smokers. It's a 55-gallon drum mm-hmm. um, that cooks vertical with your charcoal and the wood in the bottom. And then I kind of progressed from those to uh, Old Hickory CTO, which is kind of an automatic mm-hmm. set it and forget it style. Uh, sold that and bought a Jambo pit, which is kind of the, you know, the Cadillac of right. offset cookers. And that's what we had the most success with while we were competing. Um, now at the restaurant, uh, we use two uh, Fast Eddie cook shacks. Uh, it's the 120 models. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have an offset wood burning pit from Texas we have out front. And then, uh, I just recently purchased another old hickory, um, to get into doing some vending next year, rib fest, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I know the the store, um, there at five points, do you guys cook all there or do you cook some at home and bring it in or? No, we, we cook everything there at the, at the shop, um you know health health codes you know stuff right. like that you can't you have to make sure it's all done there um hell i don't even have you know i got a grill at home that's all i have i don't have a, a pit anymore at the house everything's there at the restaurant um but no like we just cook there and we cook fresh every day and you know we hate to sell out but sometimes it happens right um you know we can't control when we That's put meat on, man. yeah, you know, I hate telling people we're sold out, <laughs> right. but that means we're not serving leftover food, you know, some yep. places, you know, they, they'll do that, but we try to, we try to cook fresh every day. And my understanding, you qualified for, uh, the nationals, right? So, yeah, um, a few years back, we, we, we've won several competitions in competition barbecue. Mm-hmm. And we qualified for the American Royal Invitational in Kansas City. Um, and we went to, it was held at Arrowhead Stadium that year that we went. Mm-hmm. Um, like 500 and some teams, I don't know the exact number. Uh, but we had a mediocre Invitational cook where the Invitational, you have to win to get invited. And only people that win Grand Champions can go and cook so there's only like 120 teams in that one uh the next day at the open you know anybody can cook the open you could get a couple guys and go just hey we're gonna go cook and go cook um we did that 500 and some teams and you know you think you do a good job you think you have a good product but it's really with that many teams that many judges you just don't know like you know some of the best teams in the in the country go there and you don't hear your name called because they only, you know, there's only so many, many spots, you know, they only call the top 10 or 20. Mm-hmm. So we are, uh, sitting there and it's been, you know, they've been through chicken and ribs and pork and they're getting through brisket. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of other teams there that their names start with big cause our team name was big JT smoking barbecue. Right. So you kind of get, you know, there for a while, they're like big, you know, whatever, and you're like, oh, maybe that's us. No, it's not. Um, so then, you you know, you just kind of zone out. Mm-hmm. So they're calling brisket. They get to the top ten, and we had a really good brisket. Like, it was awesome. Um, my buddy Kempis that cooked with me, he mm-hmm. went and turned it in, and he, he come back, and he was just all smiling. He was like, man, that's the best brisket box we've ever put together. That thing was perfect. 
And I've got video of it where he yeah. says that thing was perfect. So, you know, I'm zoning out playing, like, War Robots or something on my phone, you know, because I oh, yeah. we, we haven't got a call yet, you know. And they get to second place, or third place, whoever they called. I think it was Rooftop Barbecue uh, with a 180, which is a perfect score. And I was like, holy cow, you know, the top four had perfect scores. So they got third with, you know, that. So they call second, and they say big JT's smoking barbecue, and I'm sitting there. And uh, my buddy Bill from Thunderhog Barbecue, uh-huh. uh, who has a sandwich named after him at the restaurant, the Thunderhog, yeah. uh, he was sitting behind me. He was like, he hit me on the back. He was like, man, that's you. And I'm like, what? And they're, everybody's like, hey, you, congrats, you know. And it was just like shock. It took just oh, yeah. just to realize. And then you get down there and you find out you cooked a perfect brisket, tied for first place. Um worst part about the tie is you go from you know a red ribbon and like a thousand dollars to a really nice brass crown trophy mm-hmm. and like two thousand i don't know what the prize prize money doesn't care i wanted the trophy right um but you know just to have that accomplishment you know like mm-hmm. that feather in my cap that's that's awesome that we you were know able your to dad's smiling oh yeah for sure because not many people can say they can do competition barbecue let alone you know win yeah. You know, or tie for first place. Yeah. So that's that's pretty incredible. Um, so when you go, you said uh, uh, you had your buddy with you. Uh, how many people does it take, take normally to run a team? So you can do it with one person, mm-hmm. but you're going to be busy, you yeah. know, because you can, you can trim and do all of your, like make your rubs, sauces, injections beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, which we would try and do. Um, but we found that, like, me and Kempis, and then Lisa, which is my wife, fiance. We've been together forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my mom would go. Um, it's like especially to the Royal, you know, because mm-hmm. we'd take a week and just go. Right. You know, go do five or six different barbecue restaurants, and then uh, like the Royal's just a big family reunion. You see all your buddies from across the nation that you mm-hmm. only see at the Royal. Uh, you can do it with. We found like two to three people works the best. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a heck of a time. So it's like a brotherhood. Oh, yeah. It's competition, but. The thing about it, yes, it's competition. But if you came to me and said, man, I forgot my rub or I forgot my sauce, I forgot my injection or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. and I had it, I'm going to give it to you. Right. You know, I had a guy, uh, Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's, one Mm -hmm. of the best cooks in the country. You know, he's Mm -hmm. the goat, you know. Um, we were at a competition in Missouri, two day competition. Day one, we had a perfect chicken and a perfect rib. Uh, our pork finished like top 10. So we were like first, first top 10 pork. Mm-hmm. And then our brisket just bombed. I don't know what happened to it. It just bombed. So at the end of it, he comes up to me and he goes, man, what happened? I was like, man, I don't know. He's like, are you cooking snake river? I was like, no, we got a prime, you know, he's like, hold on follow me so i go over to his trailer Mm -hmm. and he hands me a snake river farms brisket wagyu brisket you know yeah and says beat me with it tomorrow you know that's a 200 hundred dollar piece of meat that he just (laughs) hands me right you know that i mean that's just the kind of people that Mm -hmm. you know the that's just you know barbecue that's awesome i uh i know i took your suggestion i went to nashville and i've ate there now probably three or four times at peg leg porker yeah 
that place is phenomenal. Uh, man, I've, I've tried something different each time. Everything's been awesome. Yeah, another good place is Martin's down there, the original Martin's. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a few, you know, like there's two in Louisville, but the original one's the best, I think. In Nashville? Yeah. yeah. I got them deep fried pies there at Peg Lake Pork yeah. with the ice cream. <sighs> Killer. I think me and Olin had a couple of pieces. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> is there any particular item that you yourself enjoy the most? Um, honestly, brisket. Like, it's the hardest to cook. Like, it gave us the most trouble when we were first learning how to cook it. Um, you know, I said we won with it at our very first competition. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what we did to it. Like, looking back at pictures now, I'm like, holy cow, how did that do anything? Yeah. You know, uh, but it's been one of those that, you know, you can go as complicated as you want, or you can go, you know, Texas salt, pepper, and mm. just smoke. And honestly, that's the best. Like, at the restaurant, we offer it lean or moist, which means more or less fat. You know, there's two muscles. Mm-hmm. To a brisket, the lean comes off of the flat, and the moist comes from the point where you get burn-ins from as well. Um, but my favorite slice is right there from the middle of that moist. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little bit of lean and then a little bit of fat. It's probably one of the best things ever. Um, that or the sausage. Yeah. You know, we do a cheddar jalapeno that's mm-hmm. really out of this world. I love uh, Burn Ends. I I remember, I can't, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. It um, used to be in town. It was over by uh, Total Tan. It was TC's. TC's, yeah. TC's yeah. Memphis Barbecue. I always enjoyed going over there and getting Burn Ends. Yeah, he actually, funny story, when I started cooking... His, his location had moved over to 25th Street. There where Greeks is at now. Yeah, the old blimp. And uh, I went in there one day and I was like, hey, help me learn how to cook barbecue. <laughs> and Tom, you know, we're friends to this day. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of took me under his wing and, you know, he didn't tell me everything, but he told me, like, he guided me in the direction, you know, because I think if, you know, if I tell you how to do something, you can learn how to do it. But if you say, hey, why don't you try this and this, come back, tell me what happened. Mm-hmm. And I cook a brisket. And I'm like, okay, so it was like this. And you're like, well, okay, now try and let it go for another 30 minutes, an hour, whatever. I'm learning, like, how to see what's going on. Uh, and that's what he did with me. And, you know, it really it really helped out the learning curve and, yeah. you know, just the knowledge of cooking. Yeah, visual. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot's got to do with color and things of that nature. Color it? and, t- I mean, you know, now I've cooked enough briskets and everything that I can pretty much pick one up and tell you by the way it feels, you mm-hmm. know, or the way it, you know, the way it doesn't feel, if mm-hmm. it's done, if it's ready to go, you know. Um, same thing with, like, ribs and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's a lot of hands-on learning, you know, touch, sight, you know, smell. Mm-hmm. Expensive hobby. Expensive hobby. <laughs> yeah. So, outside of the restaurant, you also do catering, correct? Yep. We do catering, weddings, you know, um, whatever, parties, whatever you need, you know, just, mm. we can we can do it. And uh, recently uh, catered for NASCAR team during the Brickyard, Brickyard weekend? Yeah, we were up, uh, it was JD Motorsports, um, you know, got the call and got to go hang out with them for the weekend and feed for the the teams there, four cars of, mm. you know, and then watch the race from the pit boxes and, That's awesome. you know, all that. So that was really cool. 
it's something that not many people get to do is right. be down there on pit road, especially watching the race. Yeah. So well, and, you know, they they want us next year as well. So, you know, we're hoping to make it a, a yearly deal mm-hmm. where we can go around and, if they're close, go cook for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, just super nice people. And, you know, you never you never really know what goes into what they do until you, you know, you see it from behind the scenes. and Yeah. You know, it's it was crazy. Yeah, so many people think it's just some hillbilly behind the wheel, yeah. you know, turning 200 mile an hour, but there's so much between working on engines and getting tires and, you know, pit crews. And, I mean, it, there's, there's way more to race than what people ever realize. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's several races, too, that's around here. So you never know how many times you may get the call. Right. And you never know. I mean, you might spread the word. Next thing you know, you might have 10 teams. Right. Know? So it's pretty awesome. Um, let's shift over to uh, the wrestling aspect from the barbecue. Um, when I met you, you were wrestling. I'm not sure. I know you were wrestling uh, SCW, I think HPW, um, and maybe some uh, Shelbyville. Um, how long did you wrestle prior to uh, the barbecue? I think I started wrestling in like 1998 or 99. I was probably a junior in high school. Mm-hmm probably sophomore somewhere in there i know i did my senior project is was uh learn how to be a professional wrestler but i had already been trained and doing right you know trained uh-huh. and doing it um yeah it was that was a blast that was one of those things that i mean you knew you you knew dad and mom and they all they hated wrestling so uh but my uncle jeff you know he kind of brought oh yeah he loved it and kind of you know helped foster that in my early age and Mm -hmm. you know i remember going to his house and watching like pay-per-views and wrestlemania getting getting so (laughs) mad at uh oh it was uh steve austin and brian pillman the hollywood blondes i would get so mad because they were beating up the the patriot and marcus bagwell you know oh yeah and i was getting so mad yeah um so when you started wrestling um, where did you train? you trained local? Did you go someplace in particular? Or? So, yeah, I trained with the guys there at Hoosier Pro when they did it once a month. You know, but you can't learn how to be a wrestler by doing it once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hooked up with um, uh, Chris Caliber, Chris Blaze, yeah. you know, and a couple other guys, and we started traveling and wrestling, and mm-hmm. that eventually caused a fallout with me and – uh, the HPW guys because I wanted to go learn and wrestle and do that and um, you know they didn't want me to do that apparently they wanted me to be kind of like signed yeah, sign type well, yeah I don't know it's isolated wrestling yeah uh, um, so I'm, I'm, I remember you and Chris were tagging for a while um, I remember going to Madison several times and seeing uh you guys um you're wrestling under damian divine i think he was chris caliber at the time um we were the fallen was our tag team name yeah and see draven was well he's wrestling under draven um he was kind of doing the sting slash crow gimmick i don't know if he's still doing that or not it's been quite a while since i've been to a yeah, wrestling I show i, I um, haven't been to one in eight or nine years honestly I don't think he runs out of the place in Madison anymore. I think he uses the school. Okay. Yeah. I think um, so. Yeah. Up there on top of the hill. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, going back, you you know, talking about Bubba, your uncle, um, and, you know, him watching wrestling and, you know, pay-per-views, et cetera, et cetera. What would you say your favorite match of all time is? Oh, I don't know. There's just so many of them. You know, there's so many significant moments, like, growing up Mm -hmm. that you're, like, that you have, you know, implanted. Like, I could go with the easy one and say, like, Macho and Steamboat. Right. You know, or... I mean, I yeah, I just don't know. Like, there's significant moments, like when uh, Jake Roberts brought the uh, the Cobra out and oh, it yeah. attacked Macho, and you know, just all of those, um, you know, kind of the hokey stuff from the early '90s with mm-hmm. WWE gimmicks. Uh, yeah, just Mantar. Right. You know, Shawn Michaels <laughs> throwing Brutus through the barbershop shop win- or uh, mm-hmm. Marty Jannetty through the barbershop shop window, and just. You know that stuff sticks out more than any mat. You know matches. Right. Uh, I was watching on YouTube last night. Um, it was one of those things where the three faces of Foley. You know, oh, you yeah. had. You know, it was. I think it was leading up to the street fight with uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H at the Royal Rumble there in I so think Madison Square Garden. Yeah. It so it's been like ninety retirement match if he lost. Yeah, I think. I think so, and he ended up going into the tax. But, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. he appeared as, like, dude love and was like, you know, I'm not crazy enough, and then Mankind, and then that's when Cactus Jack debuted, and, you know, Triple H just oversold the fact that Cactus Jack was a crazy son of a bitch, you know, yeah. and just, oh, yeah. you know, just, like I said, stuff like that is what I remember more than matches. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick Foley going off the hell in a cell. Yeah. I mean... Uh, and then, you know, a lot of the stuff I liked, I couldn't even tell you what they were, but I remember back when Raw was running head-to-head, obviously, with Nitro. Oh, yeah. But then Nitro started, like, an hour earlier. hmm And then right whenever Raw was getting ready to come on, they'd always put, like, Jericho and Dean Malenko or Rey Mysterio and Psychosis, like, mm-hmm. those cruiserweights that could just flat-out go. Technical. And, like, I was hooked into that, like... You know, I didn't want to yeah. flip it over and watch 10 minutes worth of promo on Raw when, you know, you got Malenko and Jericho going at it, you know. Right. And, you know, you look at it and it's like, I really, I used to watch it religiously. Like, I never missed an episode. If I did, it was recorded. I watched it when I got home from work. And it's now to the point where I get the update on YouTube you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there'll be some episodes, like, I, I've watched AEW just because it's a new product. And, you know, I want to see what those guys are doing. It's fresh faces. I think the last match that I sat down and watched was I got the AEW pay-per-view where it was Cody versus Dustin. Oh, uh, fantastic. I, that, that's honestly the last match that I sat and watched the entire... I watched just that match. Like, I didn't watch... You know, I watched bits and pieces mm-hmm. of everything else, but I was focused on that match, and it was amazing. Yeah, like most of the time, even pay-per-views, I can't sit through a whole match without picking my phone up and playing a game or, right. you know, Facebook or whatever I'm doing. But that match, from the start to the finish, was, it had you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they didn't really have that big of a story buildup either. That's what's amazing about it. You know, like you've seen back in the 80s, early 90s, where they build a feud for months yeah you know but that story's always been there it's always you know right it's always been older brother younger brother i mean that mm-hmm. just 
that just plays out no matter what. Yeah, Brett Nolan. Uh, yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, I really hope AEW makes it. Uh, yeah. I, I know the financial backing's there, but obviously viewership and stuff like that's got to fall into place. Um, because I think WWE definitely has the talent. Well, they've got they've it's they're global. They're right. You know, they can sign people just to sign people, just so they can't get them. Right. Um, where that and that was that was probably the hardest thing with AEW. When I tried to watch the other stuff, I didn't know who anybody was. Yeah. Like I knew the Young Bucks. Right. But I've never really watched them before. Mm-hmm. But I've heard of them. Right. You know, it's like they Kingdom have to Radio. get people. Yeah, I've I've heard of him. Mm-hmm. But I've never really watched much of his work, you know. So they're gonna have a hard time drawing in a casual fan, right? You know, like there was a couple tag matches. I'm like, I don't know anybody in there. Yeah, I have no clue. You know, it's hard to mm-hmm. get emotionally attached to something when you don't know the. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like watching a movie. You could watch a, you know, like a B film, right? If it has somebody, you know, like an older star that's trying to reinvigorate mm-hmm. their, like, you can be like, oh, I've seen him in movies, but he's good. Right. But if it's a, you know, like a B-horror movie that you have no clue who anything, you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And how do you build, you know, how do you build these guys? I mean, unless you're a diehard indie fan, which a lot of these guys are, they sign yeah. up for the indies. And I, and I respect that because, like, when I went and watched you guys, you know, after the show, a lot of times, me and you would go eat pizza or whatever Madison yeah. you know um, and different things and just to see how much work a 10-12 minute match was how much up and down and you know bumps and bruises and everything right. like that you know so I know you know they bust their butt all the time some of them guys wrestle for 20-25 bucks yeah you know if not more I mean if not less just, just for you hot know, dog and a handshake you know <laughs> yeah experience you know and and seeing you know, them guys actually get contracts and stuff. And, right. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was when Cody Rhodes wrestled Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who Darby Allen was. Um, and then I watched a show on uh, Vice. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's another show they do as well. And one of those shows, they did a thing on him. He was like, I guess, a professional skateboarder or semi professional. And they would do stuff, and if they didn't, you know, hit the move or whoever, you know, didn't ollie the farthest or whatever, I don't know much about skateboarding, they would mace him. And they literally maced him, right? I'm like, this guy's nuts. Yeah. And then I see him go in, and they talk about how he's a wrestler, and I see him going there with Cody Rose. Granted, Cody's, you know, kind of like Jericho or Bret Hart. He can carry a match. I yeah. mean, you could put him in there with a broomstick, and he'd probably be, you know happy with it but seeing Darby you know jump off the top rope onto the apron like he did I was like my god this guy's crazy but they put on one heck of a match and I mean I'll never forget who Darby Allen is now so I'm I'm definitely happy about that but yeah they've definitely got to you know push those names and um, you know build that crowd yeah Um, so back back to when you were wrestling do you have a particular match that was your favorite so, uh, I got a couple. It's hard to really, you know, nail one down, but it really involves the same group of guys. Um, 
there was one we did. I think it was like a night for Billy at the Hope Gym. For Chris, that was Chris's brother, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was me and uh, Ali Vaez, who was uh, I don't even remember what he, but he his gimmick he was you know Middle Eastern, Middle Eastern yeah. Iraqi, you know. Um, it was me and him versus Chris and Rob Conway in a tag match, mm-hmm. and. We just, it was just one of those things. We didn't talk much before, Mm -hmm. you know, we just kind of, in the ring, we knew kind of what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It was one of the easiest matches, you know, ever. And I attribute that to, like, a couple other matches I had with me and Chris tagging up as the Fallen versus Jack Black, Vito Andretti, the Fat and the Furious. Uh, They were both products of Danny Davis, Rip Rogers, OVW. Mm -hmm. Jack was under developmental contract for a while. Um, you know, they helped, I think, helped train. Like, they were in the same, you know, mm-hmm. training classes as, like, Batista, John Cena, you know, all of that. Conway was as well, wasn't he? Uh, I think he was teaching it. Him and Dinsmore were probably oh, they were teaching Oh, yeah. Him you and know. Dinsmore, yeah. Okay. Um, but working with Jack and Vito, mm-hmm. like, we actually learned how to work a match. Not yeah. just go out there and do a bunch of moves and hope people reacted, you know. Um, we were down working for, I think, CCW in Louisville. Um, and again, it was, uh, I think it was me and Chris and Ali versus Jack and Vito and somebody else. And we had to get a police escort to the ring because some guy, drunk guy down there, had one of them like 11 inch screwdrivers, you know, that was going to shank. Uh, Ali because he came out to the call to prayer. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, we're, and we're in the middle of downtown Louisville with like 4,000 people around us. <laughs> yeah. Probably not the smartest thing ever to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did a street fight there. Uh, I ended up tearing up my shoulder pretty bad. I don't know if you remember when I had that real bad shoulder injury. I do. I was yep. out for like eight or nine months. But mm-hmm. um, So we had that. And then I would have to say favorite match only because it was the only time my dad ever came to watch it mm-hmm. was after it was the first match after that shoulder injury mm-hmm. it was me and Andy or Chris mm-hmm. uh, versus Jack and Vito at the Columbus North for Rice PW with like Barbarian um, I remember that show me, there. Buff Bagwell Lex Luger um, he had a whole bunch of big name talent there yeah and uh, we went out there and just killed it lights out you know like mm-hmm. I think uh, Buff was watching from the door, and we come back, and he was like, "Man, that was, that was killer," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I think that one just because Dad was there, that was one of the only ones yeah. that he. I think it was the only one that he ever came to. So, yeah, I I liked the uh, the Rice PW shows. I don't know if he just spent too much, too quick, or or what happened there, but I can't imagine it was cheap getting Luger and oh, all them guys in at once, you know. Um, because I know he did. He wanted east, and he and said one at north. One at north, and then he did one up at the fairgrounds as well. I think, and I think that's when it all imploded on him yeah. or something. Because Jim Cornette laid into him. <laughs> yeah. Which, if you never listened to any of his rants, they, I don't agree with him or not agree with him. I can't say I agree with him on everything. I can't really say I agree with him much, but they are absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think. Uh, 
I'd say if I had to choose favorite match, recent would probably be Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Flair's retirement match, which I wish Flair would have never went to TNA and wrestled, and God knows what it was. Right. It was awful. But um, but that was another one where there was that buildup for months and months and months where if he lost, he was done, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, Vince putting him in there with his best friend, you know, or and Sean's mentor, et cetera, you know, and well, so, it all goes back to emotion. Like, yeah, at the end of it, when Sean looks at him, you know, and Flair's telling him to come on, and Sean's yeah. like, "I'm sorry, I love you." And, like, you know, real or not, and I hate using the word fake because it's right, it's, not, it's not but fake, right? Just that emotional grab. You're like, shit, that was rough. You know, yeah. it's and, like putting down your dog. Like, I'm sorry. Exactly. But, that's exactly you know. the way I, I seen it. And then you see Flair laying there and he's like crying, you know, and everybody's standing and and then the night the night after was crazy. Phenomenal. When they brought out all those guys, Harley yeah. Race and, and Greg Valentine and, you know, all the horsemen and, you know, just all those people, you know, Batista and guys that he mentored, you know, it was it was awesome. <clears throat> if I had to go back Prior to that, I'd say, you know, obviously Hogan and Andre just. Well, know, I think that kind of sets, I mean, that kind of is what jump started everything. You know, mm-hmm. Hogan, you know, kind of passing the torch to, you know, or Andre passing the torch to mm-hmm. to him. And then, you know, that the machine getting behind Hogan, which kind of started everything, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you ever listened to Steve Austin's podcast, but. He had Hogan on there, mm-hmm. and he he was talking about him and Andre and that the appreciation, you know, because he said if Andre didn't like you, he wasn't gonna do it. I mean, you right. know what? Nobody gonna make him do it. He was right. huge, but he, you know, he put him over so well, and he said that people didn't realize the amount of pain that Andre was in at the time like he could hardly walk I could only imagine you know being that big Mm -hmm. and then being wrestling and doing all that like there's he would I I don't know how he would do it like that's just crazy I remember towards the end where he was coming out with uh, they weren't crutches but they were the things that go on the wrist you know and it was like man this guy's dedication you know because I mean he's Big. It was probably hard for him to get places, and then his, his mobility was going out. Could you imagine trying to fly, like, you know, even first class? Like, yeah. That's, you know, that's crazy big. Like, the world's largest, you know, athlete. Yeah. I mean, I don't Eighth know if he still is, you know. Yeah. But, you know, there's some big guys out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Big Show and then, like, Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like that, those guys are just monsters you if know you, you look at them guys and go and you look at Andre like Andre was like an ogre man he was like he wasn't a belly he was like the same width from his head down to his toes it was just unbelievable like just yeah. watching him it's like my goodness you know you know it's man uh, I remember uh, a reference to Joe Rogan's podcast he did one with Jake Roberts here mm-hmm. like a couple months ago and he's talking about when he first started out he was refereeing. I think it was his dad's promotion or something. And he was, you know, training, learning, stuff like that. And they said, all right, Jake, you're going to go to the airport. You're going to pick up Andre. So he, like, they got some van 
and had like all the seats out, and they just set him in the back. <laughs> and he said Andre made him stop for beer, and he drank like two cases of beer before they got to, to like wherever they were going, and it was like an hour distance. Yeah, but Is I'm he, sure beer cans in his hands are like those little mini, yeah, you know, mini cokes that you can get now. Like, that's crazy. Like, I just can't. Like, that's one person I wish I could have seen live. Just mm-hmm. like you can see pictures, you can see, right? You know, like when that video where he's like grabbing Mean Gene and you know, and yeah. you look at him, you're like, that's a huge guy. Yeah. But just to you know, really, you know, you can only get so much. From a picture or a video, like mm-hmm. if you can see them live, you know, that's just. Yeah, I, I never got to see him live. Uh, I did get to see Hogan a couple times. I never, I don't think I ever got to see Hogan while he was in WWE. But I, back when Nitro, you know, they were traveling and stuff, I got to see him in Indy a couple times. Um, this fine shirt that I have on here, uh, this actually came from Hogan's Beach Shop in Orlando. Okay. Last vacation that we took. I was, we went to Disney and some other places, and they asked me well, the one place I wanted to go, and I said Hogan's Beach Shop. You know what, you have to. Yeah, and I actually got to hold the belt that he won from Andre at WrestleMania three, and I did not realize how heavy yeah. those belts are. I mean, it was insane. Was that the one before they went to the yeah. winged eagle, like the old, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. And I, I think I may have the picture still saved on my phone or something, but... Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been fighting a cold. Um, so, um, do you still follow any of the indie scene, or not really? Like, um, you know, I was involved with Emerge Wrestling there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I kind of keep up with what they're doing just because I think what they're doing is a step in the right direction for local kind of stuff. Um, but other than that, you know, it's, it's one of those deals where, um, as your interests change, like your Facebook friends change and, yeah. you know, so like, I don't have very many wrestling posts showing up on my Facebook, you know, it's more barbecue right. and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, but I, you know, I try and keep up with, you know, them and kind of what, uh, Chris is doing, you know, mm-hmm. just keep an eye on that. There's a couple other guys that are, you know, newer, um, but I think just have a huge potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him. I think his name's like Cole Radrick. Yes. Like, yeah. just from what I've seen of him, like at Emerge, and then what I've seen lately on, like, the internet, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's just got a bunch of potential, um, and I don't think letting his size, you know, I don't think that's going to hold him back, so. Yeah. I like in the eighties. I think a lot of a lot of guys got signed because of their size. You know. Well, what I, mean? I mean, you look at them. There was like I mean, Haystacks Calhoun, who was just a fat guy in overalls. Uh, not right. not taking anything away from him, but right. You know, you could just be a fat guy in overalls. Right. And you were a pro wrestler. You know. Yeah. Well, and it's. I mean, you don't want to compare it to like a circus freak show, but it's like if you see this monstrous guy on a poster, you're like. I, mean, I don't know. See what this guy does. Yeah, you know, it's like I don't know. Vader was probably half the size of Haystacks Calhoun, but Vader was a monster. But yeah, when you see him get up here and do a moonsault. You're like, whoa, you know. He was probably one of my him and Boss Man like growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Hogan. 
you know, and I hated Flair because you were yeah. supposed to, you know, but, right. uh, you know, Vader with the, the Mastodon mask that shot out the steam. smoke or steam. I mean, that was just awesome. Yeah. And uh, watching New Japan matches with him and Stan Hansen and how they would just beat the brakes off yeah. each other. <laughs> Pops his eye back in the socket and keep it going. <sighs> Jesus. Well, we could talk all day about wrestling, that's for sure. Um, you got anything else big going on? Any competitions you're going to or anything? No, not really. We haven't really done too much competing since, you know, we opened the the, the first restaurant I had up in Franklin, which mm-hmm. we closed down to open this one. Um, really haven't uh, had the time to compete much mm-hmm. or anything. I'm hoping with that new rotisserie smoker I bought, um, maybe not compete, but get to some competitions as a vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least I can see some of the guys, you know, we used to hung out with. Oh, yeah. All that. Uh, but no, not really. Like, we're just kind of, you know, taking yeah. it day by day. And and you're still running uh, lunchtime hours and then evening on Fridays? Yeah, so we're 1030 going? to 2, Monday through Friday. Uh, and then we reopen 5 to 7 for dinner time. And then Saturday, 11 to 2. Um, Friday evenings, they've been hit or miss, so we'll kind of play them out and see yeah. see what happens with them. I'm assuming you get a big, big crowd from Cummins and school kids and stuff like that, I imagine. Not as many school kids, but, you know, Cummins Tech Center's right there, so mm-hmm. that's, you know, a bulk of our lunch business. Um, starting to pick up, you know, we've had a few students come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just, we just want to serve good barbecue. You know, right. we want to serve, like, we want you to come and... Um, just enjoy you know like what we've done and um i don't think there's anywhere around here that i don't know i don't want to sound like i'm like you know bad mouthing or anything because i'm not Uh but like i know my passion like it started in barbecue like it started with barbecue Mm-hmm. You know, and I went, you know, all over cooking and learning how to cook and right. investing time and, you know, money and miles, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get where I am. So I don't think... You paid your dues. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't think uh, places around here have done that as much as I have. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really mean anything to, you know, to people. Right. But I, as far as I'm concerned, like... Like, I know we put out a really good product. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to test for that because I don't think there's anything I haven't tried yet. Um, something else, too, not knocking the first restaurant, but a lot of barbecue restaurants that I've went went to, like in Tennessee, like Del Hollow Barbecue, you know, down in uh, Del Hollow, it's right on Del Hollow Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other, you know, smaller barbecue places, you know, pay, even Peg Leg Porker, you know, that guy's won competitions. I've seen this, you know, yeah. things, statues or trophies or whatever you, you want to call it in the inside. Um, you know, they're, they're smaller. They're not dressed up like, you know, that restaurant Franklin was cool with the opening. You oh, know, yeah, and it, all was, that, it but, was awesome, but it was too but much. But it didn't feel like a barbecue restaurant. You know well, what I mean? It just felt like a restaurant. The, the deal up there was it started out as a barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it just became everything but, you know, it went from barbecue is like 90% of the menu mm-hmm. to barbecue is like 25% of the menu. Right. And, you know, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It, you know, it was a, 
you know, it was just a massive undertaking. It was 200 and some seats plus the brewery plus everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there towards the end, like, I was just like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, because I lost, it was such, it was such a big operation. I lost that personal touch of like, you know, like here in, in at the Hope, you know, 300 Hope location, Mm-hmm. Um, I see and touch every plate that goes out, you know, so I can be like, okay, that doesn't look good. Let's, right. you know, recut it or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And up there, I just couldn't because I had six employees, you know, on the line on a busy, you know, Friday night, you know. Mm. Yeah. And then, you know, like you said, when barbecues 25% of it and you, you got burgers and whatever else. It's like then you can't really hone your craft because you're having to do everything. Do everything else, you know. And then having that many employees and everything, I went from being a pitmaster to being a manager, and you know, then it was like I had to rely on the person who was doing the barbecue that day to make sure they pulled it at the right time, to make sure it was done, to make sure you know ribs got on so they would be done for dinner, and you know it just. I'd rather, I mean, it sounds bad, but I'd rather do, I'd rather, you know, have control over that so I know it's done. Um, you know, like now I got Nick. He's been, he was with me up at, up there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been with me since, you know, probably day three down here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he basically, he's learned. I've worked with him, you know, four years on barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting to the point now to where he knows, like, yeah. he can do it. You can trust him. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put a link to the Big JT's Barbecue on my uh, basement banner page. And uh, so everybody, if they're not aware, don't know where it's at, and they want to check out the product, they can. Um, I know you got other things to do. I'm sure Lisa's probably waiting on you. So <laughs> I won't keep you much longer. I appreciate you coming on. Um, no problem. Hopefully I'll have this uploaded tonight, if not tomorrow morning. And uh, you guys go check out his restaurant. I don't know, maybe some old wrestling videos on YouTube of you too. I don't know. I don't know if there is or not. I haven't really, I haven't looked. Um, I'll have to do that. I'll have to look and see if there's any on there. I know there's some with Chris. Yeah. Because I've seen, he, he wrestled at Merge a few times. He may still, I'm not sure, but um, I've seen some of his, you know, uploaded. Obviously, it's good for, that he's still involved and it's probably good for the promotion, especially for the younger guys. Yeah. You know, at one point, everybody's starting out, and they need that advice. Right. Not, so. All right, Jimmy, I appreciate it, brother. We'll and do, uh, uh, one more real quick thing. So for the, like a bonus for the listeners, if you've made it through all this, uh, if you come in anytime in the next two weeks, uh, mm-hmm. just say you heard us on Basement Banner, and we'll give you 10% off your order. Hear that, folks? 10% off your order. Mention the podcast. Everybody have a good day and share it.